today we are finishing up this series right here. We've been talking about rest for, this will be the sixth week that we talked about this, and I'm kind of curious as to um, how we're all feeling about it now at this point in the study, because I, I was looking back and I was thinking, you know, the first two weeks, I think we were all really into it. Like the first two weeks is like, well, I'm, we're describing the problem and busy and hurrying and all that kind of stuff, and everybody's like, yes, yes, absolutely, I need this. I need, like, I feel every bit of that. I mark all of those check boxes. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm in too big a rush. I got too much on my schedule. I'm way too busy. Yes, I need this. I need help. I need answers. I need solutions. And then for the last four weeks, we've been going through the solutions. And now we're kind of thinking, eh, <laughs> I'm not that busy. You know, I'm, I think I'm okay because the solutions are hard. I mean, we're talking about silence and solitude. We're talking about Sabbath. We're talking about simplifying, which is about getting rid of some of our stuff, getting rid of our possessions. And it's not easy. Like in, in some cases, we don't even want to slow down. It's like I know I need to slow down, but I don't want to slow down. In our small group, we were talking about how, you know, if I'm not doing something, I don't feel like I'm being productive. Like if, or if I'm not feeling productive, you know, I just, I don't know. I just, I don't, I feel like I've got to be doing something all the time. I don't, I feel guilty when I rest, and I absolutely understand that. I mean, that's, that's what our culture has taught us, is that you got to be going, 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 doing it. Church has even taught us that. I mean, it's just everybody's taught us. you got to be going. you got to be doing something all the time. You know, rest, we feel guilty about resting. And then I keep coming back to what Amy Albert said at early in the series when she was doing our communion meditation, and she said, you know, I love the series, but, man, it's, it's a little, you know, it feels like rest is just one more thing i got to do. <laughs> You know, it's like, I got this to-do list of all the things. I've got to get all this stuff done, and now i got to rest, and now i got to do Sabbath, and now i got to do quiet time, and now i got to clean out my closet. I mean, it's just like you just keep adding stuff to do, and this series is supposed to be about slowing down. That's not exactly the way she said it. I'm kind of adding to her uh, observation there. But I feel every bit of that. Like, how do you, how do, you do it? And i got a little something that I want to share with you that I heard in a book I was listening to a book uh, called Inspired, which is about, it's about the Bible. And uh, there was a chapter on wisdom literature. And on the chapter, which is like Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Job. And the chapter on wisdom literature, she told this story about a professor in a psychology class that uh, assigned the book of Proverbs to his psychology class. And he had them go through and highlight every time Proverbs mentions way or path. And the point was this, and I'll share the quote here. It says that, that wisdom isn't about sticking to a set of rules or hitting some imaginary bullseye representing God's will. Wisdom is a way of life, a journey of humility and faithfulness we take together one step at a time. Now, that's talking about wisdom literature, but when I heard that, I was like, that would apply to rest. Like everything we're talking about in this series, that, that would apply to. Like when we're talking about rest and slowing down, it, it's not about sticking to a set of rules. It's not about adding a bunch of stuff to our to-do list. And it's not about hitting some imaginary bullseye about how much rest is enough rest, because the Pharisees made that mistake. It's about changing our mindset. It, you know, it's about becoming more conscious of hurry and how it's affecting us. And just change. And it's, it's really about following a way or a path. And if you think about that analogy, like it, it, we've all followed, you know, a path through the woods or a trail through the woods. And sometimes it's easy and sometimes it's difficult. And sometimes, you know, the 
the path is smooth and you can clearly see where to go. And sometimes it, you can't really see where to go. And sometimes you get off path and you got to kind of correct and get back on. And sometimes you're not really, you know, sometimes you're moving quick and sometimes you're moving slow. And I kind of think of that with this rest thing, that it's, it's, we're trying to change our mindset and it's not about, you know, here's a list of rules. You got to do these four things in order to have rest. That, that, that's going to just stress us out more. It's more about, you know, how do I change the, the rhythms of my life? How do I change my mindset? How do I change my behaviors to maybe not a wholesale change? I'm not going to immediately start, you know, my Sabbath or I'm not going to immediately have an hour of quiet time every day or anything. But how do I start making some little changes in my life that will affect the big picture? And so that's, that's where I want to wrap this thing up by giving you uh, a practice that I think helps us do that. Like when we are following the way and we get off the way, this practice recenters us. When we're following a path and we get off the path or it's hard and we don't know, you know, like we're trying to intentionally slow down more, but life just kind of keeps speeding up, this practice helps us kind of do that, helps us slow down. And it's, it's another ancient practice that is mentioned a ton in the Bible, but most of us don't do it anymore. Uh, it's actually 70 different times this practice is mentioned in the Bible, and there, so the, the God's people in the Old Testament and the New Testament regularly did this, uh, but we don't really do it anymore, and the practice is fasting. So, and I'm not talking about intermittent fasting, okay, this is not a diet plan, this is not about a healthy lifestyle. I'm talking about the spiritual practice of fasting. And um, we'll, I'll show you how all this connects to, to slowing down. But I want to answer three basic questions about it and then share an experience with you. So basically, what is fasting? Uh, what does the Bible say about it? And why should we be doing it? And then I'll share uh, my personal experience with you. So uh, what is fasting? Fasting is abstaining from food or drink for a certain period of time in order to focus more on God. It's a simple definition of it. It doesn't have to be food or drink, but in the scriptures, it's always connected to our appetites. So the, the word literally means not having eaten. And, um, and I'm, as I I'm said, you know, it's not a diet plan. This is not about improving physical health. This is about improving spiritual health. I made the mistake of Googling this question. Because I was trying to look for a simple definition. So I put, what is fasting? So every ad right now on my computer is related to intermittent fasting. Because that's, you know, it's, most people think of fasting as a diet plan. And if we, any of us have ever fasted, we've usually done it for that reason. We've done it to lose weight or to fit in a pair of pants before a wedding or something. You know, like that, that's why we fasted. There's a, it's, fasting is done for a spiritual reason. There's a physical component. We're denying ourselves something physical in order to uh, grow spiritually. We're denying or some, something that we want physically. And um, it's, it's, it's always connected to food or drink in Scripture, but there's multiple ways to do it. So it may be fasting for a certain period of time, like for, you know, for two days I'm not going to eat anything, or for one day I'm not going to eat anything. Uh, it may be fasting at specific times, you know, like from, from sundown to sunup, I'm not going to eat anything. I'm going to fast during that particular period of time. Or I'm going to fast from a particular meal. I'm going to fast from breakfast every day or I'm, I'm going to fast from, for supper or whatever. Uh, it may be from a specific food. 
I'm, I'm fasting from desserts right now, or I'm fasting from soda right now, or whatever it is. It may be a, for some specific there. There's lots of different ways in the Bible it talks about uh, fasting. But again, it's denying ourselves so that we can find our substance in God alone. And here's what the Bible has to say about it. I'm going to show you, just a, we're just going to focus on the New Testament because I ain't got, we ain't got time for all 70 uh, references here. So I just want to focus a few on the New Testament here. The very first place that it's mentioned is in Luke chapter 2, verses 36 and 37. And this is in the birth story of Jesus, and it's the prophetess Anna who is fasting. And it just tells you, you know, that there was a prophet Anna, the daughter of, of that dude right there, uh, from the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. She had lived her, with her husband seven years after marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshiped day and night fasting and praying. And she was fasting and praying for the coming Messiah. And there's a couple of things in here that, that kind of gives us a little bit of insight as to what fasting is. Fasting in the New Testament, really in the Old too. In the Old Testament, sometimes it's, it's related to sin. There's, there's fasting because the people have sinned. And so there's fasting and prayer as a repentance, an act of repentance. But in the New Testament, it's almost always in preparation for something. So Anna is fasting in preparation for the coming Messiah. She's preparing her heart and mind and, you know, her spirit for the preparation of the, of the coming Messiah. Uh, in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus fasts 40 days in the wilderness. Jesus fasts and prays before he begins his public ministry. So right after his baptism, right before he begins his public ministry, Jesus enters a period of, of fasting and prayer. Uh, Paul, in Acts chapter 9... Again, right after his baptism, right before he begins his public ministry, he enters a period of fasting and prayer. The early church in Acts chapter 13, before they began the first missionary journey, before they send Paul and Barnabas out on their first missionary journey, they have a time of fasting and prayer. And again in Acts chapter 14, before they appointed elders in the church. It says right here, you know, they, that, that Paul and Barnabas, they went out on this missionary journey, they appointed elders in each of the church, and they did so with prayer and fasting. So there's this, this sense of mission that anytime the church is preparing for uh, uh, some kind of new mission or, or new ministry or, or preparing to do something, there's a period of, of prayer and fasting. And that's probably something that we need to do more of as a church. Um, like we need, we're getting ready to appoint some new elders as well. We're going through, we go through that process every year. And so the fall is usually when we go through that process. And so we probably need to have a time of prayer and fasting as we prepare for that. We've got a new ministry that's coming to this church. I'm not ready to announce it yet, but we got something big coming up that I'll announce in a few weeks that we probably need to do some prayer and fasting as we prepare for that, because it's a, it's a major, major initiative that we're going to undertake. So the prayers, fasting is almost always connected to preparation for something. And it's also always connected to prayer. So you see that that's common to see the phrase prayer and fasting because prayer is a, is a critical component of fasting. It's not just denying yourself something to eat, but it's also a, a focusing more on God, a more intense time of focusing on God. And Jesus talks about this in the Sermon on the Mount. So Jesus talks about three, you know, prayer, fasting, and giving, like these three spiritual practices in the Sermon on the Mount. And he's more focused on how you do it, not telling you to do it. So you're familiar with this. And he says, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. And truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. 
And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And that's the theme that goes throughout that. Like when you pray, don't make a show of it. Just pray to your Father. When you fast, don't make a show of it. Don't put it on Facebook. Don't tell everybody, I'm fasting. Don't, you know, when everybody's ordering the meal, no, I can't. I'm fasting. I'll pray. You guys eat. You know, don't, no. Don't make a big show of it. Just do your thing and, and be quiet about it. And God will reward those things in secret. Now, Jesus never tells us in this passage to fast. And if you're looking for a command in the New Testament, like where in the New Testament does it command me to fast? It doesn't. There's not, like the New Testament's not written that way. That's not, really the whole Bible's not written that way as a way to say, here's the commands. Do this, don't do this, do this, don't do this. We love to read the Bible like that, but that's not really how the New, the New Testament's a collection of letters and stories. And, you know, that's not really the way it's written. Uh, so there's not a command in here, but Jesus is obviously assuming that people are fasting. He's talking about religious leaders here, but he's also instructing his disciples on the proper way to fast. And so there's no command, but plenty of examples and invitations. And um, then if you want to get just a little deeper into it, Richard Foster uh, talks about the why. Like, why should we do this? So this is like the only thing Jesus says about it. Although Jesus fasted himself, but not enough. For the religious leaders, he was once called into account, like, why don't you fast? And Jesus, you know, gave an answer there, but he didn't fast enough for the religious leaders of his day. But uh, Richard Foster goes a little bit deeper into it, and he talks about the why behind the what. And he connects it to things like, you know, man does not live by bread alone, but by every mouth, that, every word that comes from the mouth of God. That's Matthew 4, when the, the devil tempted uh, Jesus in the, in the desert and he was fasting and he was trying to turn this stone into bread and, and Jesus answered him with that. Or Jesus also answered once that our food is to do the will of God and finish his work. That's in um, John 4, 34. Or that life is more than food. We read that one before worship this morning in Matthew chapter 6 that, you know, life is more than food. So fasting reminds us that, yes, I need these things and these things are important, but just like uh, possessions, life is more than the abundance of our possession. Foster even connects it to verses like this. Like Luke chapter 9, verse 23 says, uh, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. And so fasting is an act of, of denying ourselves. It's something we need. It's something we want. And, but we're denying ourselves for a period of time because we're trying to focus more on our relationship with God. Uh, he even talked about this one. which This is Philippians 3, verse 19. This is Paul talking about their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. And their glory is their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. And, you know, Paul doesn't have to, like, just get so pointed with their God is their stomach. But <laughs> he does. But, I mean, like, it's, it's a way of focusing not from earthly, but to focusing on spiritual and eternal things. So that kind of answers the question, why should we be doing it? Well, Jesus did it. His disciples did it. And the early church did it. And that's probably good enough reason for us right there as to why we should be doing it. But I, I want to share just a few items right here that I... I stole from another church. I forgot their name. It was Church in New Mexico. Uh, but these were, these were reasons to fast. To see if any of these resonate with you. Fasting turns our attention from the pleasures of this world so that we might more fully focus our attention on Christ. So fasting sacrifices something we value to pursue something God values for us or through us. Fasting sets aside less important things to help us see the most important thing. Fasting disciplines us to put God's eternal purposes before our temporal desires. Now listen to these last two, because I'm talking, at this point you ought to be thinking, what does abstaining from food have to do with slowing down? Here's the last two. 
Fasting reserves the time, energy, and resources normally given to an activity to pursue God and His will. And fasting disconnects us with the world so we can have a deeper connection to God. And those, those, those last two kind of hit on this idea of slowing down. Fasting is the act of denying ourselves activity that consumes our time and attention and often drains us spiritually to direct our time and attention to something that will fill us spiritually. Now, as I mentioned earlier, fasting in the scriptures, it's almost always connected to food. But you don't ha- it doesn't have to be connected to food. And I got to thinking this week, you know, if Paul wrote this in the 21st century instead of the 1st century, I think it's still applicable that our gods are our stomachs. We, we can still apply that one. But there might be a few other things he would put in place of stomach in the 21st century if he was talking about the gods that we bow down to in our culture today. And um, so I'm thinking specifically about slowing down, reducing activity so that I can focus on more important activity, reducing things that drain me spiritually so that I can focus on things that fill me spiritually. And I was thinking, you know, maybe, maybe Paul would say their destiny is destruction, their God is their devices and their glories and their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. And, and where I'm going with this is, you, however you want to fast, you can fast in whatever way you want to. I'm going to challenge you with this message to plan on fasting from your phone. And it may not be your whole phone. It may just be parts of your phone. Plan on fasting from apps on your phone because I know you got to have one for people to call you although who does that anymore but you know some like your mother still calls you uh you got to have one for people to text you I know you got to have it for work I understand all that but plan on fasting from some apps on your phone that are draining you spiritually and consuming a lot of your time and mental energy and your emotional well-being and try to focus those things on something more important and so this is, I'll, this is where I'll share my experience with you. So I, I knew, when we started this series, I knew where this thing was going. Like I, I, knew, I knew the direction that, that I was going in and, and phones kept coming up, and social media kept coming up and, and I knew we're all too addicted to it. We all focus on it all too much and I knew where it was coming. And so at the beginning of this month, I decided to do a fast from social media. And uh, I, put, I think it was the first Monday, or it may have been Tuesday of the month, but I put the obligatory post up on Facebook saying, hey, I'm not going to be on social media for a while, which is part bragging, you know, when we do that. I mean, it's part like we want people to look at that and go, we want people to like and comment on that post. And the hardest thing is putting a post up saying, hey, I'm not going to be on social media for a while, but then not getting to see who liked it and who commented on it and all that kind of, and I, oh, don't, don't, don't leave. Um, and I haven't seen those. So if you did, I haven't seen those. But the other reason I did the post was people will get mad at you for not commenting back to them or not responding to a message. And I've had a couple of those like, well, hey, I sent you a message. What, where have you, what's going on? You know, I tagged you in that post. Why don't you know, Scott said something to me about that. Like, I tagged you in that post and you never, you never liked it. And I was like, man, he must not really like that. So, so I put that out there just, you know, just in case. But once I put that out there, I, I, you know, I logged off of Facebook, and then I deleted Facebook from my phone, and I deleted Instagram from my phone, and deleted Twitter from my phone. And when the first day, like when you first do that, it feels really good. 
Like it feels like I, I like this feels this feels good. It's like fasting from food. If any of you've ever done a fast from food, like if maybe you've done it connected to Lent, or maybe you've done it but like you know the first day, like okay, no sweets. I'm not going to, you know, you decide that Monday morning at like 8 a.m. when you're not in the mood for sweets at all. I'm not going to do any sweets. And you decide that. And that's perfect. And it feels great until after dinner. And then after dinner, the whole family's got ice cream and you're dying. That's what happened with me with, with this. Um, I think I did it, you know, Monday morning or Tuesday morning. And again, did it in the morning. I was at work, had plenty going on. I didn't need, felt good. Delete that app, delete that app, delete that app. I'm good. Uh, it was it was bedtime when I didn't know what to do. Like like w- when I let, sit down and I asked I asked Scott I was like Scott can you can you send me a get, find me a picture of somebody addicted to their phone or staring at their phone and he put that one up and I asked the sound booth when I got here this morning I said that's creepy I can't show that can I because that's creepy and then I realized after I said it that's probably what I look like like that's that's probably me and so it's like when I was going to bed it's like well what am I gonna do what am I going to look at? I mean, I don't, I don't know what to do. I can't scroll these apps anymore. What? And then the next morning when I wake up, I always read the news when I wake up. So I read the news, and then after I read the news, I'm like, well, what, what do I, what do I do now? Like I don't, I don't, you know, I can only check the weather app so many times. You know, I can only, and it was the reality was it was. I'd love to tell you, well. Started using my Bible app more. That was, or I, or I prayed. You know, I, that's because that's that's the purpose of fasting. I just explained it, but I didn't do either of those things. The, the reality is, I experienced something akin to uh, withdrawals. I, I mean, that's I'm not talking like physical withdrawals, like I was shaking and stuff. But I mean, there were multiple times throughout the day I was like, "Oh, I want to check." Oh, I can't. You know, like I there, like there was withdrawals from not being able to do something that I was in such a habit. Of doing, and sometimes I would just pick up the phone and get on it, just to, like just hit any app, just to be on it. Like let's let's check the rewards miles on Southwest again, see how I'm doing, <laughs> or you know, like let's I was going back and look at the old softball stats, and you know, just 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 to be on it, just looking at something. And what I discovered, I want I want to give you the good and the bad, uh, and then I then I'll challenge you. Uh, the the bad, what I discovered is that social media is really really tricky. Uh, the, what, what I substituted for my social media use was Apple News because I curate, you know, they'll curate the, the list of news articles. And I was like, I'll just read news articles. That's what I'll do. So I started reading news articles. And you know what I discovered? Guess what the news articles are about? What everybody's saying on social media. I mean, seriously, th- I want you to pay attention to this. How many news articles are about what people are saying on social media? The news was politics and celebrity gossip and, and what people are saying on social media. So I was like, I'm not on it anymore, but now I'm reading about people who are on it, and I'm reading what somebody said about on it, even though I can't go to it and physically see it myself. Uh, the other thing is the social media apps then figured out that I wasn't on there. Apparently, they have my email. And so my email started blowing up with, here's what you missed today. And Twitter started sending me all the, like, you missed this today, and you missed this today, and you missed this day, and I'm good. I do confess that I did hit that link a couple of times, uh, and it would say, you need to log in, and then I caught myself. But, I mean, Twitter, I, it's, it was interesting. Twitter's telling me what all I missed, and i got to go on there and see what I missed. And then, you know, the, the Titans debacle the other, what was that, Monday night or whatever, when they fell apart? Like, I really wanted to go on Twitter and see what everybody was saying about it. Like, what's everybody saying about this? <laughs> you know, who's going to get fired and all this? But I didn't. Um, but everything, it will conspire against you to keep you on it. 
And that's, that's, the, that's the downside of it. Um, oh, mine even, I even started thinking this. I was like, you know, we're sitting in staff meeting, and uh, we talk about not-so-scary Halloween. And I'm like, oh, I, I need to post about that. Or the brown elementary thing, oh, I need to post about that. You know, I need to. So I, kept, I, I started thinking, like, I need this to do my job. I mean, I, the people need to hear my voice. And then even, dur- <laughs> even during going and doing stuff, it's like we went dove hunting last weekend, but none of you saw a picture of that. And how, how did you survive without seeing that? I mean, you didn't see a picture of Roman, you know, shooting his gun. That was really cool. And I, I didn't get to, I had to send that to my mom. Just like, hey, here's a picture of Roman. Because I couldn't send it all. I couldn't post it on social media. I mean, this is, it's, it's amazing how we do look like that. If we could step back and look at what we're actually doing, we do look like that. Now, the good side, uh, my phone usage went down 30%. Even with all that Apple News reading, it went down 30% because um, an app told me that. I checked it when I was, <laughs> I checked screen time. Um, in the second week, I actually started enjoying not knowing what was going on. Like in the second week, like people, people are outraged about the same old stuff they're always outraged about. And there was always something going on. And so people would run in and be like, did you see so-and-so? Did you see what happened at the school board meeting? Blah, blah, blah. Did you see this? Did you see this? And I kept going, no, I didn't see it. I'm, uh-uh. I missed it. And, I, and it got to where I kind of liked saying that. And I know you can't stick your head in the sand all your life kind of thing. I get that. But, I mean, it, it felt good to not know what everybody was worried about or to not know what everybody was upset about or to not know what everybody was all torn up about and outraged about it kind of felt good to not know that and then in the third week I started thinking I think I could keep going I can't but I think I I started thinking I could you know like I think I could keep going because the the first couple weeks you know Habits are hard to break, and so when you're in a certain habit or certain pattern, it's hard to break that habit or pattern. But the good news is once you develop new habits, those are hard to break as well. And so then I started thinking, you know, I, I just want to keep going on this. I, I think this might be good, and I'll just, just keep, I'll, just, I'll just take pictures and look at them myself and not share them with anybody. Like, I'll, I'll just go have experiences and not tell anybody what I was doing, and I won't even tell people what I think about the titans or what i'm like i'll just i'll just like i'll talk to people in the hallway at church or something weird like that you know and, and like it's, you start thinking that you know new ha- once you get that new habit you can actually go with it and that's when it it really took three to four weeks to finally start kind of changing because because yesterday i didn't look at my phone for a good you know four or five hours not just social media but like four or five hours and I, of course i had a bunch of stuff on there once i got back to it but like, it, I started realizing that I didn't have to have it as much as I've been having it. And now I'm thinking when I go back to social media, uh, I've I got to do it different. It can't be the same way it was before. It's got, I've got to slow down on what I'm scrolling, and I've got to slow down on how much time I'm spending there and all that kind of stuff because it starts changing your mindset. And that's, that's the point of fasting, okay? The point is it starts changing your mindset. It starts changing your behavior. And so I'm giving it to you, this, the last thing in the series, as a, as a reset tool. Like when you, like, because once the series is over and we stop talking about it, we're going to start running out of control again. Once you start running out of control, fasting is a way to pull that back. Whatever it is, you know what? I've got to take, I've got to rest. I've got to take some time here. I've got to fast. I've got to turn this off. I've got to stop this. I've got to turn this down. I've got to slow this down. Whatever it is. And I'm saying, fasting from social media 
or fasting from your email, if your job allows you to do that, fasting from your email, you know, like I won't respond to any emails during the weekend or whatever. If your job allows you to do that, do that. Fast on Saturday from social media, uh, from email. You know, whatever it is, it will help you get recentered and reset. And so, um, you know, you don't have to, I'm challenging you to give this a try. And you can do it however you want to do it. There's no rules. And if you're not on social media, fast from traditional media. Fast from Fox News. Fast from CNN. If you're not on those things, fast from talk radio. I mean, like, just whatever it is, however you consume your information, whatever comes to you information-wise, just fast from those things. And it could be I'm going to fast for a few days or I'm going to fast for a month or it could be that I'm going to fast for a day. It could be, and this is one of the things I'm I'm thinking through how to do this, not how to do it, but if I want to do it, it, maybe we need to have like a every day, one day a week I'm fasting from social media, one day a week, like every Monday I'm off of it. Or every Saturday I'm off of it or whatever. Or maybe one week a month that you're doing it. Or maybe one month a year that you're doing it. Where you're actually building in some rhythms where these things won't control me. But I'm going to kind of take back control of my schedule, so to speak. Um, However you do it. However you do it. Just see if it helps. And maybe not completely eliminating the noise because the noise conspires against us. But at least slowing it down. And allowing us to, to catch our breath. So that's that's what I'm gonna that's what I'm gonna leave you with. Is <clears throat> you don't you may not have to do it permanently, but at the very least slow it down and turn it down. So let me say a word of prayer as we wrap this up and I'll tell you I got where we're going next week and the week after. Uh, Father, we're thankful for this study and I'm thankful for um, for John Mark Comer and the, the work he did in putting this book together that we've been using to kind of help guide us through this study. Uh, I'm thankful for the scriptures that remind us of the importance of slowing down and being silent and simplifying our lives and resting and taking a Sabbath and fasting. and um, Help us to do these things. We, we call them spiritual disciplines because they, they do require discipline to do this. It's It's... It's not easy for us to do this. And so, Father, I pray you help us to change patterns, behaviors, and, and to change habits. And just help us to kind of get recentered and reset on the things that truly matter. Because we know at the end of the day, that's really what matters the most is, uh, is who you are and what you've done for us. And thank you for that. And it's in the name of your son, Jesus, I pray these things. Amen. If you are encouraged by today's talk, feel free to share it with your friends. Please also consider rating and subscribing on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more, please visit us online at murrayhills.com.